and welcome to week one, day six of the Death of a Thousand Cuts Couch to 80k writing course. I'm Tim Clare, author and person, ushering you through your task with the handsy solicitous air of a butler leading you towards his cannibal master. So, um, hello, how are you doing? Uh, this is the last day of week one. Um, I know there's, there's only six days uh, in a week, well, not in a normal, in, in this week, because we live... You know, call me a staunch traditionist, but I'm giving you a day of rest, a cheat day, if you will. But well done. You made it. Thank you for trusting me this far. I'm kind of and I I know I've kind of gone on all the way through. There's been like moments where I go, oh, you probably don't believe me. But every time I teach creative writing courses, I always see as I deliver, as I tell the group uh, the task, you know, and what the, what the next exercise is going to be. They like look at me every time. The, maybe it's just an accident, but the expressions on their faces is like a mix of deep scepticism and and baffled disappointment. But in any case, thanks for sticking with me this far. That is uh, a much uh, greater endorsement of you than it is of me. Um, and even heartier congratulations for believing in yourself, um, committing to writing, committing to any craft but especially when you're sitting down to do writing you're going I'm going to take this seriously you, you can end up feeling a bit silly can't you like how dare you of all people how dare you try to do this thing that you know loads of people out there are better at what sort of ludicrous self-delusion would drive you to sit down to try and write a novel who do you think you are it's like you've started cutting the tail fin for a rocket to the moon and I say to you, dear friend, I say to you that most people, they're never going to experience that feeling because they'll never let themselves get that far. They'll never let themselves get as far as you have. They'll, they never even try cutting out that tail fin of the rocket because they protect themselves near perfectly from humiliation and disappointment and the frustration of doing something they don't feel they have mastery over. You who's listening now, hello, uh, thanks, uh, you've got every right to tell your stories. You have every right to try to do something you're not sure how to do. You've got every right to try at things and, and, and falter and stumble and, and, and fuck those things up and, and learn from that. That's not arrogance. That's the opposite of arrogance. You're doing something you don't find immediately easy. You're willing to subject yourself to the discomfort that produces, the self-knowledge that you've still got stuff to learn. That's humility. Uh, most adults do everything they can not to feel that feeling, that feeling of not knowing what you're doing, of being lost, of being a beginner. I do everything I can not to feel that. Look, I'm not, you know, rounding on other people. I'm so guilty of that in my work, as a dad, in my relationship. Why do you think I do this podcast? Yeah. Part of the reason is to help myself feel like I vaguely know what I'm doing. Because we don't like to feel vulnerable. Uh, most of us, at least. And, and if you're going to write and you're going to bring an honest, critical eye to your work in the interests of making it the best it can be, in the interests of giving your readers, your honoured guests, the best experience you can, uh, you're going to come up against your own inadequacy, your own vulnerability, your own beginneriness, again and again and again. And, and, and having these warm-ups that I've been putting you through to fall back on, having 
silly lists and doodles and gradually squirrelling away tiny observations and bits of unusual weather and gluing a shopping list you found in the street into your notebook and noting down a nonsense phrase you heard in a dream, recording these things, honouring them, communicating to your subconscious. Okay, the mic's on. Hit me with your best stuff. These things will feed your practice. And they're good. And they're good for you. They're good. It's good for the soul to do, to be beginnery and to realise you don't know a lot of stuff and you're not that grown up and you're just kind of stumbling through life. It's, it's, it's really good for you. It doesn't feel good at first, but I think it's worthwhile. And, and, and if what I'm saying sounds a little bit um mystic and hippie-ish, look, I, I, I'm not such a solipsist that I believe the universe sort of bends to accommodate your desire for material that when you go, I intend to write a novel, sort of let the stars align and, and things will start to pop up. But sometimes it is fun and useful to pretend that that does happen, right? It might be helpful to think that way. And, and to be honest, it, 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 the universe doesn't need to bend uh, to help you because there's already an abundance of stuff out there that already exists. It's already waiting for you. What you're doing um, by doing this uh, in, in very practical terms is you're recalibrating your filters. Starting with this week and moving forward, we're training ourselves to notice the stories and the details all around us. Uh, this week has been about doing really basic groundwork the sort of stuff that lots of people try to miss out because they want to leap straight into the story you know chapter one dear reader blah 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 blah. you know because that feels like it's proper work and uh this stuff so it seems like busy work and it seems like it's beneath you and it seems like it's not what a proper master storyteller would do well I- i'm here to tell you that's bollocks um next week Look, I promise, I promise, promise, promise uh, you'll get to do some actual writing, some wild creativity. Your inner artist is going to strip down to the waist and rampage through their studio, flinging paint across a phalanx of canvases. And it's going to be messy and indulgent and very, very fun. But this listing technique, I do it. I know that's not necessarily, well, that's a, depending on how, what you think of my writing, that's a, a, either an endorsement or a... Uh, searing indictment but look I do it I do this listing stuff for fun as an exercise as a way of getting around blocks I I use it and you can too it's not just like I wonder how many (laughs) creative writing exercises authors get groups and classes to do and then never do themselves but the implication being I'm past this stage now I've got no more learning to do so I don't have to do these exercises you do and it's weird. Then it's weird, isn't it? It's weird to get a group of people to do exercises that no writer ever does. But look, 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 look I use it, and like, like one thing I've been doing on Twitter, you might have seen it. Is I, uh, uh, and I'm no, I'm not the only person to do this, but it's just coming up with a list title like "Weird Customs of the Distant City" or "Unusual Death Conditions for the Big Baddie in Your Story," and then providing one answer for every like that that post gets and it's really really fun to do i was inspired by a website called um dungeon dozens which uh has these like little d12 tables if that i've already lost you in kind of jargon uh a d12 is a 12-sided dice and you roll the dice and then there's 12 answers to the thing like you know death conditions for the big baddie in the story um and, and 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 it's surprisingly easy to do them once you get going. You can you can hammer out multiple ideas on a theme that could plausibly sustain a novel in a matter of minutes once your brain falls into that mode. And some of the ideas you come up with shit, and that's fine because after all, you only need one. Now, um, 
the lists I do have a fantasy stroke SF spin because that's my kink, but this is a technique by no means limited to a particular genre nor a particular tone or voice. Litvic authors, stop gazing pensively out the window, put down that vape pen and come. Join us here at the finger painting table. You can make lists with titles like unusual ornaments in the uncle's front room, nervous habits of the stranger on the train, objects in the protagonist's glove compartment stroke handbag stroke fridge. I mean, we are straying dangerously close to actual conventional uncontroversial creative writing exercises here. Don't worry about canonicity when you're doing these. You have permission to make shit up, go wildly off book, repeat yourself, be cliched, whatever. No one's, this is, these aren't being graven in marble. Just play. See what sort of shapes you make. Um, and you don't have to do these lists for a single character. You can make big grab bags of just interesting shit, right? Like bric-a-brac and knick-knacks and small specific nuggets of hardened life. Sorry, that sounds a little bit like I'm talking about spunk. I mean, you could have a protagonist with a bag full of dried spunk. That would certainly suggest character. But like, for example, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition has a... I'm more of a Pathfinder man myself, but I've... D&D 5th edition has a whole table of random, valueless objects that you can roll a dice on and pick for when you're creating your character at the beginning of the game to give them something weird and personal that suggests a story. So like a bag of teeth from an assortment of humanoids or two iron keys partly melted together hanging from a loop of string. Whatever genre you're writing in, it doesn't have to be fantasy. You can build these resources for yourself, these tables of quirks and all sorts of different things. Think of it like storing away grain for the winter. So here, look, let's make one. That's what I'm going to make you do because I think it will be useful for you. So, um, and that's what we'll be doing all week. And I hope that you're holding on to the other ones you've got because um, they may be useful in future. They're things you can add to. But this final one, and this is the final one for realsies. We're going to go into proper writing next week. Um, but please consider like setting some of these up in your writing notebook or folder. Just starting one off whenever you've got 10 minutes. You know, I hope that some of you have found this useful. And if you haven't, found it useful that's fine you've established that this isn't a useful technique for you but um you know whenever you've got 10 minutes if you just come up with a title uh and just knock out a few beginning parts then whenever a new one because then it gets your brain working on that theme and whenever a new one occurs to you you can go back and add it if you leave a little space at the bottom so our last list to finish off week one phew you're nearly there um is going to be called interesting objects in the protagonist's bag yes it's uh the things they carried exercise. How bloody original, Tim. Except instead of imagining just one character and one internally consistent bag. Oh, there's a train ticket with a place. Oh, there's a a photo in a locket. Brilliant. But yeah, no, I'm being... That's not, that's not going to help you open up to critic... See, this is... But I've got a very strong internal critic. And it's not helpful for writing. It's helpful for being snarky and protecting myself from criticism or accusations of not being brilliant. Um, not great at helping me be creative. That immediately shuts ideas down. Awful. Shut up. So, look, look, you're free to come up with as many objects for as many implied protags as you like. But remember, as, as far as you can, be specific. So, look, a gun is less interesting than a double Derringer pistol with the engraved monogram XR loaded. A handkerchief, or an handkerchief, no, it's a handkerchief, uh, is less interesting than 
a green cotton handkerchief folded into a triangle, soiled in one corner with a dark substance. Anyway, look, you get the idea. I mean, you don't have to sort of overdo it, but um, your title is Interesting Objects in the Protagonist's Bag. You are free to be cliched and uh, rubbish and you can repeat yourself. Uh, you don't worry about things that might be already done. It doesn't matter. Just you're free to do what you like. Um, but write that at the top of your page. Interesting Objects in the Protagonist's Bag. Are you ready? Go.
And there you have it, Dunsey, a full week of commitment and effort, and you're finished, well done, that's brilliant. Thanks for coming with me this far, genuinely. I hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed some of it, you found some of it useful, and I hope I've laboured the point of lists uh, so much that it's almost less effort to continue with them than to stop. Uh, do keep what you've written this week to hand, and we'll probably come back to it and plunder it later. See you next week for week two. <laughs>